Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Sports and Other But Sports with Kent Sterling for Friday, April 17th, 2020. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill still doing emergency dental work. So if you have a dental emergency, only one number to call, 317-849-2933. Chris Ballard, GM of the Indianapolis Colts, having his little soiree with the media via Zoom talking about what they might do in the NFL draft. What did he say about finding the quarterback of the future this year? He said it might be this year, could be next year, could be in two years. They are not going to force this kind of thing. What's that mean? It means they don't know what's going to happen in the draft ahead of them, right? They don't plan on trading up necessarily to go get their guy or don't know if they're going to be able to is it going to be a guy like Jalen Hurts it could be is it going to be a guy like Jordan Love some people have love falling all the way to 34 and then Michael Pittman going 44 if you can get love and Pittman that's a hell of a haul for the Indianapolis Colts but he's not going to tip his hand Ballard isn't he spoke about the depth of wide receiver in this draft the Colts they need to add weapons You can see the writing on the wall with T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton came into camp last year absolutely healthy throughout the season. His health declined. You can see his productivity declined. He only played in 10 games. Paris Campbell, a bunch of different injuries. Hopefully he can come back this year and be healthy. You've really got Zach Paschal as the one guy you feel like you can count on at the wide receiver position. They did not spend, or they shouldn't have spent, $25 million on Phillip Rivers if that is the weaponry that he's going to have to throw to. If it's Hilton, Campbell, and Pascal, the Colts are going to have trouble scoring 10 points a game. they got to go get guys. You've got to have weapons. Or what the hell's the difference who you got a quarterback, right? What are they going to do with Brissett? I think Brissett is likely a goner. I don't think that you're going to put Brissett in the locker room with Phillip Rivers. I don't think that you're going to do that. I think that they're going to find a young guy. They got Chad Kelly on the roster as perhaps a backup. And then a third guy, a guy like Jalen Hurts, who they can look to to build next year and learn from a guy like Philip Rivers. I think that tack makes the most sense. But whatever Chris Ballard does, 
I, I think it's going to be from a logical place. And it's unfair of me or anybody else to evaluate Chris Ballard through the lens of what he's done this offseason because this offseason isn't over. It's easy to look at signing Philip Rivers and saying, what the hell are you doing? The guy over the last 10 years has a, a record as a starter for the Chargers of 77 and 83. Last year, he was 5 and 11. Okay? 5 and 11, that's two games behind where the Colts were last year with Jacoby Brissett as the starter. You can look at that in a vacuum and say, what the hell are you doing? But let's see what happens draft night and what happens moving forward. Let's see what Chris Ballard has in mind at the quarterback position. And if all Rivers does is buy you a little bit of time until next year's draft where you feel like you're going to be able to get somebody you really, really like, they're working a year ahead in the draft. There's no doubt about that. I'm going to go ahead and trust Chris Ballard because the alternative is to say that he is just the next bad or the latest bad GM for the Colts. And I don't want to do that because genuinely, I don't believe that he is. I think he knows what he's doing. I like the way he goes about his business. I like the honesty with which he communicates to the fans and to the media. And I think that the, the boxes that he wants to see checked by people he brings into that locker room, I think that those are the boxes that cause championships to be won. But there is no question that what he's got to be better at is building the top end of the roster. His best players right now are a left guard and an outside linebacker. And if that's the case, you got a problem, and you're going to have a problem winning a championship. If you've got a quarterback who falls outside the top 15 in the NFL, you have almost no chance to win a championship at all. And that's where they are right now. Phillip Rivers is not currently one of the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. Neither is Jacoby Brissett. The WNBA draft is tonight. Lauren Cox from Baylor is the odds-on favorite to be the third overall pick for the Indiana Fever. And so she would join Tierra McCowan, Kelsey Mitchell, Tori Vivian, Erica Wheeler, and others this coming season. I think that the Fever stand to get a whole lot better this year. I think this is kind of a pivot season for the Fever. Their opener is scheduled to be June 2nd. We'll see if that comes to pass and see if there are fans allowed into the arenas. Indiana is really doing a good job of social distancing and and being responsible in its effort to not allow the coronavirus to spread. And so this is going to be one of the states that opens up first. New York is not going to be. New York would be the opponent of the Indiana Fever in that opener on June 2nd. This country is in kind of different states of dealing with this, this virus and, and so are all states going to have to be cleared in order to play professional sports? What are we talking about here? So we'll see what happens with the WNBA, the resumption of the NBA season, all of that stuff. Those are decisions yet to be made. But I think that this stuff is going to clear up a whole lot more quickly than anybody thought moving forward. Uh, yesterday, we heard the good news from uh, President Trump and his Council of Elders, kind of Dr. Burks, Dr. Fauci, Mike Pence, and, and saw the plans, the three-stage plans for uh, opening up the economy and allowing our lives to become as normal 
as they can be prior to a vaccine or more increased testing for antibodies and all that. I don't want to get lost in the epidemiology world because, look, I don't know much about epidemiology. I don't know any more than you do, right? There is no MD after my name. So what I know about that, it does make me laugh, though, like CNN. I saw on CNN today they had Sean Penn talking to Anderson Cooper about the coronavirus. Good Lord Almighty. And then one of these nights, they're going to talk to Charles Barkley. They were promoting Charles Barkley's going to be out to talk about the coronavirus. What are we doing? Who the hell cares what Sean Penn thinks about anything, much less the coronavirus, unless he's talking about directing or acting. I have no use for him in my living room, for God's sake. Let's talk about college basketball for a minute. Pete Thamel had a piece at Yahoo Sports where he's talking about the bad optics that go along with a guy like Jalen Green saying, no, I'm not going to college. I'm going straight to the G League developmental program. Isaiah Todd did the same thing. Isaiah Todd decommitted from Michigan in order to enter the G League developmental program. Isaiah Todd is said to be getting about $250,000 if he meets all his bonuses. Jalen Green is being paid at a higher level, likely to uh, net about a half a million dollars for his role in, in that program or for completing that program. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I've never thought the college basketball was enhanced by uh, forcing, virtually forcing people to spend that year between the end of their high school career and the beginning of their pro career in, uh, in college basketball. I always thought it was silly. Until 2005, until that draft, the NBA allowed teams to draft high school kids. I don't think that college basketball suffered in the least for those guys being a part of the NBA or being a part of professional basketball rather than college basketball. It might not have been necessarily a good thing for them, but I never thought it was a bad thing for college hoops. I think that college hoops is about the name on the front, not the name on the back. Indiana basketball fans are going to watch Indiana University play basketball. University of Kentucky fans are going to watch UK basketball. Purdue fans are going to watch Purdue. Butler, they will watch Butler. The school is the star with college basketball. The number of pros, potential pros, you have on any program at any given time, very, very small. So somebody like Jalen Green, we, I, if I ran into Jalen Green in the target, I wouldn't know him. I wouldn't know Isaiah Todd if I saw him at the Meyer or the Kroger. I would have no idea. College basketball makes stars. Its popularity is not fueled by stars. That Jalen Green wants to make money rather than get an education, we can argue whether that's a great life choice. I think college serves a hell of a purpose. I did a lot of growing up when I was in college. I think everybody stands to benefit from the level of maturity that you can gain. At a, at a university or at a college. I think it's a smart thing to do with your time. I highly recommend it. I don't see college as some kind of vocational institution where you go in and four years later you leave being prepared to make a lot of money. I don't see it that way. I see college as a place where you mature, you develop your interests, you indulge some interests, you learn about life you learn about the world. You learn about belief systems. You learn to write a little bit better. You just come out of college 
a more well-rounded person than you were when you went into it. If your entire life is about making money, I'm not saying money is unimportant, but if your entire life, every breath you take as an adult is, is toward the end of making mo money, mo money, mo money, I think you're missing the point of life. And so going to college for a few years, whether it's one, two, three, or four, instead of going to the NBA, the NBA is going to be there. And if the NBA isn't there, you know what? That wasn't your path. Millions of dollars are not going to make you happy. Look at the guys who've gone to the NBA and, and have squandered their wealth and returned to poverty. It's not about money, and they learn that once they've got the money. Money doesn't make you happy. What makes you happy? You know what makes me happy? Learning makes me happy. Understanding life and people at a higher level, that makes me happy. Helping people, that makes me happy. Putting my arm around my wife and understanding that the love between two people is really, really important. Putting my arms around my son and understand that parenthood is a really, really cool deal. I love all of that stuff. And where did that start? That started in college. I met my wife in college. That's what college is good for to me. It's not about, hey, when I graduate from college, I'm going to be able to get a job and make $62,500 a year to start. And then I'm going to go into the hundreds and I'm going to become an executive and I'm going to have a house down by the river. No, it's not about that. It's about becoming a better, more well-rounded human being. All right. If you go to college, I think you got a good chance to make that happen. You don't go to college, you just skip kind of that good stuff, and all of a sudden they throw like people throw money at you. You got a problem because you're not going to know what to do with that money, and you're not going to know how that money can be used to enhance your enjoyment of life and the lives of those around you. You got to learn in college how to say no. That's another thing that college is really good at. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole different story. But for college basketball and the popularity of college basketball, I am an Indiana basketball fan. I am a Butler basketball fan. I like Purdue basketball. Whoever plays, I'm behind them. All right? They go out and get about them going out and getting the number one player in the class. But if they only get the number 60 player in the class, I feel great about that too. That's a good thing. And I'll watch Indiana basketball because it's played on the campus where I went to school. I'll go to Butler games because I love Henkel Fieldhouse. I love what Butler basketball stands for. I'll go to Mackey Arena because it's an electric atmosphere. Matt Painter, I think, does a great job. I enjoy Purdue basketball. All right? You get me? So it's, it is. It's about the school. It's about the program. It's about the coach. The players, they come and they go. Romeo Langford stayed for a year at Indiana. If Romeo Langford had gone straight to the pros, would that have diminished Indiana basketball in any way, shape, or form? Absolutely not. Are you kidding? If Eric Gordon had gone straight to the pros, would that have diminished Indiana basketball? No. You could argue that Eric Gordon and Romeo Langford going for a year kind of diverted the course for Indiana basketball and that it wasn't as... I'm not going to say watchable, but it wasn't as successful as it might have been without their inclusion. I appreciate Rob Finnessy. I think Rob Finnessy, when all is said and done, is going to wind up being a more beloved figure for Indiana basketball fans than Romeo Langford, right? I think that Jordan Hull's a more lovable figure in Indiana basketball history or Calvert Cheney than Eric Gordon, 
right? Or hell's bells. I don't understand the argument that this somehow cheapens college basketball. If Zion Williamson hadn't gone to Duke last year, if he had gone straight into the G League developmental program, or if somehow the NBA had allowed him to play in the NBA, does that make college basketball worse? Of course not. It doesn't. Zion Williamson, no no reasonably well-informed college basketball fan, knew who the hell Zion Williamson was before he played at Duke. For God's sake, we heard about him. Maybe we saw him at, at one of those summer basketball events, but we didn't know what he was going to be. And if we didn't know what he was going to be, we had no context in which to enjoy it. Now he plays at Duke, right? Or when he played at Duke, what did we do? We rooted against Duke like hell, or we rooted for Duke. Or we watched just hoping we'd see Zion Williamson maybe do something with such ferocity that it was awesome and it made the hair on the back of our neck stand up. Maybe that's the thing. Indiana basketball is going to be just fine. Michigan basketball is going to be just fine without Isaiah Todd. Memphis basketball is going to be just fine without Jalen Green. It doesn't matter who plays. It matters for whom they play. This is about the programs and it's about the coaches. It is not about the players. All right, how many guys each year, how many guys who played college basketball wind up going into the NBA and sliding in seamlessly into a, into a roster spot? Maybe 25 or 30? And how many one-and-done guys are there? How many players are there who are ready to play in the NBA when they leave high school? Those guys don't want to play in college? They don't want the college experience? Why the hell do we want to watch them play? All right, they're pros in waiting right? Let them be pros. Let them make money. You want to declaw the argument that college basketball players ought to be paid? Allow everybody to be paid to go play basketball. And then then there's an argument. You're getting an education. And for the vast majority of the players on the 353 Division I programs on on their rosters, they're happy with, with that bargain. They get a free education. They're treated pretty well. They get to travel a bunch. They make great friends. They're kind of in a little cocoon of athleticism, and it's cool, and it's good. You go up to Loyola, where my son played. They, nobody's going to the NBA out of Loyola, right? They had a terrific time. Those guys, three or four of them were in my son's wedding party. They were uh, groomsmen at my son's wedding. He made friends. That's what you get. That's the marrow of the deal. It's not what they put in your wallet. It's what they put in your heart, right? That's college basketball, and that's why we love it, and that's why we'll continue to love it no matter who jumps to the G League developmental program or to the NBA or anywhere else. College basketball is king. That's sports, nothing but sports. We rounded out the week on a high point, baby. That's what we did. Stay uh, responsible. Don't get ahead of yourself getting together with a whole bunch of people and having a big party. Don't do it. Let's wait a little bit longer, make sure this thing kind of craters, and then let's ease back into our normal lives. How about that? Breakfast with Kent, Monday morning, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, 8.15 in the morning on Periscope and Twitter, and then immediately after that also on uh, YouTube. And then at about 11.30, I read a chapter out of Oops, The Art of Learning from Mistakes and Adventures. I wrote it today. You can go back and listen to it on Facebook 
or uh, and you watch it. You actually get to watch me read, which is thrilling. Uh, or on Periscope slash Twitter, it's the chapter about me driving Mark Boyle around for a week in an RV as Mark was uh, walking around southern Indiana for about four weeks uh, back 10 years ago this summer. And uh, that, that was just absolute hell on earth for me. Not because of Mark, but because driving a 45-foot RV is damn tough. We'll talk to you Monday. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.